0: Hello, this is Ben Eshmade, and welcome to the second episode in King's Place's brand new Strong Women, Strong Voices podcast series. In this episode, we speak to Jerusalem-born singer-songwriter Moore Cabassi, who performs old and new songs in Spanish and Ladino from her latest album, O Hosta Novia. The Guardian has praised her voice as remarkable, mixing delicacy, power and control. Moore joined us via Skype to tell us more about her upcoming concert on the 6th of May at King's Place. I thought an interesting place to start, Where do
1: you call home? Uh, Several places. I would say uh, Israel is my home, Jerusalem, and also the south of Spain more than the other parts of it, and also England and Morocco as well.
0: (laughs) And, you know, that's reflected in your music, isn't it?
1: Well, my mother's parents come from Morocco, and my father's parents come from Iran, Jews from Iran and Morocco, but I was born in Jerusalem. And I remember there was always, my mom was always playing music from Morocco in the house and singing to me. She has a very beautiful voice. And also living in Jerusalem, you know, in Israel, it's a place with lots of immigrants, basically, from all over the world. So they each bring their influence and it comes with the food, the mood of the people, the colors in the street. Later on, as a teenager, I started to look for more meaningful and I found uh, like what, what you would call world music and started to look for my own direction in singing, both in singing and in music. Whether it was fado that I was listening to, or flamenco, or Arabic music, or classical that I also studied as a child on piano. And the musicians that later I found that each bring their influence, lots of uh, inspirations to take from.
0: Did you feel any pressure to sing in one specific style or tradition?
1: I think it's an interesting question because in a way, when you have more choice, it's more difficult to to find your sound. You know, some some musicians. They they release a CD and, and you can hear the resemblance between one CD to the other because they have a very clear personal style. I had to really look for it, kind of immerse myself in many, many different musical styles until in the end I had to create something of my own. So I think it's both, you know. It's, on one hand, it makes it more interesting that you have all these influences. On the other hand, more difficult because because you have a lot more choice.
0: Was that journey continuing across the albums that you released?
1: Yes, absolutely. Well, the the first one was very, I would say, a very much a gut feeling. It's what I ac- accumulated from, you know, very, very young age and things that had to come out, singing Sephardic, mainly Sephardic, Ladino, both traditional and original songs. Uh, also working with different producers on the albums. The second album had some more classical, a bit of jazz influences. The third one, I went really for... Sephardic, Ladino songs, but but mainly from Morocco, which is where my mother is from, flamenco influences. I was living, when I recorded the third CD, I was living in in south of Spain. So many of the musicians that we collaborated with and the influences and the stories in the original songs that I wrote reflect some of the things that I experienced in Spain and the, being close to where there was a lot of uh, Jewish presence and you know the place where where the traditional songs were born the language, which is basically 15th century uh, Spanish, bringing the songs back to where they belong. And and then also I felt this when I went to Morocco, that I bring uh, some of the songs back to where they were born, because obviously the Jews that escaped to Morocco, they brought the songs there and the songs took influences from wherever they went to.
0: I suppose it's like having an education in song, you know, you become a historian by accident.
1: Yes, well, yeah, it's like a drive that kind of drives you to find where you come from. You discover all these things and you have to, you know, speak to people and researchers and old ladies that remember something from the village they were born, you know. So, yeah, you become like an historian, too. And then the fourth album has Berber songs from the Atlas Mountains and some really gnawa uh, rhythms and... uh, Going back also to singing in Hebrew, which I didn't do so much in the previous albums. Yeah, so definitely the journey continues.
0: And for you, interested to sort of speak about how singing infects your life. Do you constantly sing? Is there any boundaries in regards to your music? Does it does it follow you around every day?
1: Absolutely. It's basically always been a way to express feelings. First of all, I always I always think that singing is like crying, but like not out of tune. <laughs> So it's like putting your, 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 I don't know if you would call it literally crying, but your longing, your your passion, your, your sadness and your joy, so instead of expressing them with just like one sound voice, you learn how to manipulate it and to give it shape. I've always been singing, I mean, I don't think there is a day that, that I don't do it even without noticing.
0: Can we explore the most recent album? How has this differed from those that went before?
1: Well, I think it's the search is definitely braver because it kind of breaks away from uh, some of the sounds that I've been using, and, and also from you know some aspects of Sephardic because I sing there in Hebrew and stories about my great grandmother, but uh, in Hebrew, which I haven't done so so much before, and also like going really into Moroccan music, kind of focusing on putting more light on one side of the of the picture. Yeah, and also the choice of musicians that we, we chose to collaborate with, such as Tomatito and uh, Richard, Richard Bona. Yeah, and I think the whole approach has been like a, not to be afraid to experiment.
0: could you talk about the uh, musicians that you'll be working with in London? Uh, I believe you're, you have a trio with you.
1: Uh, well, it's going to be for some of the concerts. My husband, who's an amazing guitar player and musician and composer. And uh, he's been, you know, partly producing or producing my four albums. He's uh, actually British. He's called Joe Taylor. And some for some of the shows, it will be another guitarist called Jorge Bravo, who is uh, from Chile and has a kind of a unique style of playing. He has a flamenco technique, but he also knows classical music and some jazz. And uh, so he comes from South America, obviously, so working with him has is, is always been very interesting also on the albums. And uh, Amir Wahba, who is a percussion player, half Egyptian, half fr- from... Uh, his mother is uh, from Vienna. So he really brings both vibes, like the European feel, but also he very much knows and feels the Middle Eastern rhythms. I think there is uh, fluidity, especially when you when you play with a smaller group. You know, there is more space for for things to change, and uh, it's all more more compact. And also, you need to kind of adapt some of the arrangements to a trio setting. So it's it's challenging. You know, some evening you might also want to try something else because you know you don't want to feel limited by by the sound that you have. So I suppose you you feel more forced to be more creative. You know? hey,
0: off by talking about where you call home. Would you say that travel is something that's also very important, a way of maybe influencing the next album?
1: Well, yeah, I've worked on the four different albums in very different locations and meeting people from different locations. So definitely, I think that there is something about changing of the sights that you see, even that, that can be very refreshing for the brain. Yeah, and also it's like finding meaning. There is always something that, that tries to find meaning in things. I can come to a place and uh, suddenly feel that this place, something is very familiar about it or there's something a bit scary about it. Something like, for example, in Morocco, I felt like uh, it was very familiar to me because I suddenly understood, you know, my, my grandmothers' and grandfathers' uh, gestures, even hand hand gestures when they talk. I suddenly saw that all the people in Morocco, they, they do that. So it's not, so I finally, it kind of, they connected to the place that they're from. Because in Israel, there, you know, there's many Moroccan people, but they're out of place. It was interesting. In Spain, for example, many parts of me, many places felt like they, you know, they know the place, something about it and about the humor of the people in the streets, about the way, I don't know, the social organization even is very familiar.
0: And lastly, is there a song on the recent album that you particularly enjoy singing at the moment, one that is for you, at least, a highlight of the set?
1: Well, I think there is one I was thinking about, like, uh, for the last few days, because just talks about the love of singing. So and it's a Berber song. It comes from the Atlas Mountains, a traditional song, and uh, it talks about the free-spirited woman who sings. And the character in the song feels very like she wants to be like her, very free and um, and never tied to one place, to a certain geographical place because she's singing and the Im- the images in the song very powerful like a a bit a bit like as if random but they reflect the same thing like the wind that uh, makes the oranges the orange tree swing and the free woman who 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 is never home she's always out singing yeah so a song for the love of singing i think
0: Thanks to Moore for speaking to us. She performs with her trio on the 6th of May in King's Places Hall 2. For more details, visit kingsplace.co.uk forward slash In the next episode of Strong Women, Strong Voices, we speak to guitarist Martin Taylor and singer Alison Burns about their performance celebrating the music of Ella Fitzgerald. I think when we got together, I was already an Ella Fitzgerald fan. I used to listen to all those uh, early recordings when her voice was really quite young-sounding, but I loved the way that it matured into um, the voice that she was known for. I'm Ben Maid and you've been listening to a King's Place podcast. You can find and follow us on Twitter at King's Place and Facebook forward slash King's Place.